0: is the Zone Sports Network.
1: Back to Joe, and
0: he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, Joe, Joe. and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Single bells! Yeah. Joe Ingles
1: gets Gives it back to Joe Till the cop slams it in
0: And yes, for the record Joe wrote this introduction This is the Joe Ingles Show <coughs> With DJ and PK Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone And The Zone Sports Network
2: Time to welcome in Joe Ingles Joe, you are the man Thank you for always taking care of me I appreciate all of your hard work
0: You're welcome
2: I've always asked. Have a good game. Win the night before you come on. You're in a better mood. It's easier to joke around. It's not good to be joking around when you're coming off a loss and all that. <laughs> so I know there were losses early in the week and they pained a lot of Jazz fans. But you focused on my needs and for that I'm very grateful.
0: I just figured if we dropped a couple, if we're going to we're obviously going to lose a couple towards the like for the rest of the year. So. If we lost the early ones and won the one before the radio, it would be perfect.
2: There you go. You're the man. Thank you, Joe.
0: (laughs) Yes, we appreciate it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, let Quinn know. That would be a great conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The thing that I love, Joe, 13 FGAs. What are you, Jordan Clarkson? Are you going to show up in gold shorts the next game?
0: (laughs) I will not be doing anything Jordan Clarkson does like that. Um, no, I mean it was. I got a, I got a few good looks early that I missed every one of them, and then obviously got some more later on. And so, as always, if they're if they're there, I'm going to take them. I'm not going to take the bad ones, but I'll I'll take them. And obviously with, obviously with JC out. Um, Again, kind of same with Mike or when I've been out or Donovan or whoever it's been. There's a little bit more opportunity for, for guys to step up a little bit. So we all had to play um, a little bit kind of role, And, um, well, we got the win.
2: So we've been over this a million times, and I know you hate it when we go over it a million and one. But I think when opposing coaches – See the most, the guy who's leading the NBA in effective field goal percentage only take two or four shots, they're probably a little relieved. And I get that the guiding principle with your offense is the ball goes to the open man because the best shot is the uncontested shot. And really the only time you guys get away from that, there are times that Donovan Mitchell or Jordan Clarkson will go one-on-one and will take a contested shot. But largely that's the guiding thing. And so I get why they're games where you don't shoot a lot. But given how effective you are, I wonder how much thought is giving to creating options because teams are choosing not to leave you for long stretches of games sometimes. You know, they, they've they made it a priority. Hey, we're not letting this guy get open. So what about trying to do something to create open shots for you? I assume there have been those conversations uh, with either Quinn or assistants or a combination of all of them. How do they go? What's the thinking there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it is a tough one because, I mean, you guys know me and I've said it a million times. Like you said, like I'm not going to take bad shots. I'm not going to. Um, fourth shots, um, just because I feel like I I haven't had enough or I want to shoot more or whatever the reasoning could be. Um, I mean, I do know at times, um, probably more myself, I can be more aggressive at at certain times when I... um, I think it's... People probably think and look, when someone's out, I look more aggressive. The fact of the matter is... when someone's out, I like it's, I mean, if Mike's out, yeah, I'm going to have the ball more. If JC's out, yeah, I'm going to have the ball more. It's just kind of common sense. Um, so there is more opportunities for that. There's, there's definitely times um, with our full roster I can be a little bit more aggressive or pick and, kind of pick and choose my times, I guess. Um, but it's, I mean, it's tough too. I'm not going to, if Rudy rebounds the ball and, Mike and I are standing kind of next to him. I'm like, I'm going to take off and let Mike carry the ball. He's our point guard. That's what we traded for him to do. Um, Same with Donovan, same with JC. There's a lot of guys in our team that can handle the ball. And um, I think, like I said, there's there's definitely times I can probably be more aggressive. Um, If I rebound, like if I... I mean, I've never been the best rebounder in the world. I usually kind of let the bigs kind of sort it out or or whatever be down there and when I see Rudy going for it get out the way so I don't get taken out (laughs) Um, but if I get the rebound it's it's obviously me starting to break and then I can kind of be aggressive off that so um, yeah I mean I'd love to shoot 15 shots a game every game but that's not the way um, our team's constructed obviously we've got Donovan who's going to the majority of them, Boyan's going to get his, Mike's going to get his, JC's kind of going to get his, those are our four guys that are pretty consistently going to get the looks, um, which I feel like I create a lot of those looks as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that kind of, I guess, a fine line of each game figuring it out, Um, like I said, when I can be aggressive and and when it's time to, to move the ball and get someone else a shot.
1: In the NBA, Joe, you got games coming at you fast and furious, particularly this season. I think it's uh, like 16 games in 30 day stretch in the month of April, so you got to take them all for what they're worth. But I'm wondering, do you guys get a little more excited for any of these games? Like this Phoenix game seemed like it was a big game, and I, I guess it was, but the Suns are right back where they were. Uh, Wednesday, as far as still being two and a half games back, because you beat Portland and they lost to the Clippers. So, can you get into anything, and maybe a little bit more exciting, or you just got to roll with it because you still got all these games to go?
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think someone said last night oh, we've got like 21 games in 37 days or we'll something to finish the year or whatever. Yeah, give or take. Um, so. I mean, every game's exciting. It's what we do for a job. It's what we love to do. It's why we, why we do this job because we obviously really enjoy the, the competitive side of it and winning and, um, and all that all that kind of comes with it, playing in front of fans, all that stuff that's, that's combined into one. Um, so I think every game's just as exciting whether you're playing the, the last seed in the East or the, the top or, or whatever. So um, uh, I think you know... I mean, we've got a smart group. Guys know, yeah. We realise we're, we're top. We realise Phoenix is exactly whatever games behind uh, the Clippers. The Clippers and the Lakers are always going kind to of, are always going to be up there. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's you don't want to. I don't want to say we take more games kind of more serious than others or anything like that, but. Every game's important, and, and what we've focused on this year, and I think we've done a really good job of it, is, is more ourselves and the, the way we want to be playing come the playoffs. So, yeah, it would have been great to win Phoenix. That game, in overtime, it's a good game. It felt like a playoff game, the, the competitiveness and the intensity of it. But we lost. We I think we learned some good things out of it. We come and bounce back against a, a really good um Portland team that's been has been playing really well too. Um, so yeah, I mean it's like it's frustrating to lose those games that are close and that you feel like you you could have won or you could have done something more. But um, like you said, the games the games are coming so quick right now that we got on the plane right after the game, got in at two a.m., had a little nap, took the kids to school, and we were back at the the facility ready, getting ready for the next game. So. Um, it's, it's going to be like that the rest of the year. We Like I said, we, I mean, we play tomorrow and then we've got a back-to-back followed by another back-to-back. So, um, yeah, just kind of focusing more on ourselves, trying to get better and better, um, trying to implement things in certain games that we'll need in the playoffs. We can, Not not using certain teams, but there's certain players that you can... There's certain pick-and-pop uh, pick bigs that we can we know we might see with Anthony Davis or Jokic or whoever that might be in the the playoffs. So, um, yeah, little things you can do. But, yeah, just just game by game and, and keep getting better is what we've focused on all year.
2: So you get out, rebounded in Phoenix by, I don't know, 16 or 17 boards. It was a lot. And then you turn around and do the exact same thing to Portland is that something that you guys just know, because you can all look at a box score and that's it? Does Quinn mention something? Does Quinn mention something and show you a bunch of video of where you can do better? How how does, in a 24-hour turnaround, how does that happen?
0: Well, the best thing is when you lose on a back-to-back, you don't really have to watch film of the game the night <laughs> before. So you can kind of just um, kind of move on to that next game, obviously, again like you said like we know when we have done something not well whether it be individually or as a team like out and they scored off it or I had an opportunity to shoot a three and I didn't and we had a turnover or whatever the situation is um, there was times we were like Rudy and Faye were contesting a lot more of Booker's and Chris Paul's mid-range which put us in rotations a little bit and the guards were coming down and trying to hit eight, which if you're a second late, he's seven foot with a whatever, seven, six, seven, eight wingspan, so it's hard to, to out jump someone like that um, when, they're, when they're in position, so um, it, I guess it's one of those ones where it didn't really need to be said, I think we, we knew what we, we didn't do um, and I guess the matter of fact is too is like when we when we do rebound and when our guards rebound we're a, we're a really good team because we can get out and run and that's what we do best we, we've run we've got guards that can run we got bigs that can run we shoot threes misses if we miss it um uh, I mean it's where we kind of thrive as a team so um, yeah it didn't it didn't I mean it was still obviously brought up but it wasn't something that we needed to be screamed at over. I think, uh, like I said, as a smart veteran group, I think it's it's, it's very easy to know when we're, we're not doing something that we know we should be.
1: How much sleep, then, did you get before the Portland game?
0: Uh, a few hours, a couple of hours. <laughs> um, we got in at 2 or 3. I think it was about 3, like 2.33. Got up at 7.00 took uh, both my kids to school and let Renee hang out with Jack and um, Jack had an appointment yesterday at the pediatrician so she did that with him and then I think I had about a 45 to an hour nap in the afternoon Um, so like, I don't know, five or six hours or something, so it was all good
1: (laughs) It become mental at that point to just power through it?
0: Uh, I mean I'm not complaining one bit about sleep when Renee's up all night with Jack or the twins, and I usually... She's uh, very, very amazing at letting me... Like tonight, we'll I'll obviously have a very early night tonight. Um, we both will have a very early night, but um, she does much, much more of the heavy, heavy lifting overnight and stuff with the kids. So when there's an opportunity for me to get up and um, take one of the kids or both the kids to school... Um, I, I try to do it to, to help her out, so um, I can't say that I have the tough job with the, the family side of things because she uh, she definitely definitely carries the load with that. So um, if it's a, a night of less sleep, then I'm not going to I'm not going to complain one bit.
2: So I have seen a lot of teams over the years playing back to backs. You get to late in the third quarter, and that's when the fatigue really hits. That's when they're a step slow, and that's when they get beat. And I've seen it happen to jazz teams, not just your generation, but other generations of jazz teams on the road. And I've seen it happen to a ton of teams coming in here and playing at elevation. So it was especially surprising to me to see you guys – blow the game open in the third quarter 40 to 19 it was so impressive and i really didn't expect it at all it caught me completely off guard what do you attribute that to because it really does seem like an outlier in the nba to be on a back-to-back after an overtime against a quality opponent and you blow the next opponent out in the third quarter
0: the coach said at halftime that he really wanted to impress DJ and PK for the radio. Yeah, uh, okay, that's good. Good. <laughs> so I thought I was getting in room. Quinn's.
2: I thought I was getting in Quinn's head with some of my post-game questions, so I can see why that would happen.
0: He, he said, uh, <laughs> "We really want to make them proud, so let's go on a little run here." And um, it was actually funny you said that because after the game, I said to uh, I can't remember who I was talking. I was talking to someone after the game, and I was like. I remember looking up at the third obviously it was close at half time, I think it was one point or one or two points, whatever. And I looked up in the third quarter at some point. I don't know what the timing of it was. And I was like, Oh man, we're like we're only up a couple of points. Like it feels like we're playing like reasonably well at the start of the quarter and then I we went up and down or whatever for a few possessions and I looked back up and we were up like twenty two and I was like, What the hell just happened? Like <laughs> I don't even remember. I didn't. I haven't watched the game or anything either, so I don't really know what happened. But obviously, we were getting stops and we were scoring. Um, is the obvious thing. But um, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we. I don't think we shot incredibly well in the first half, but we were obviously playing well. We, we was like I said, it was a close game. Um, we, we did talk about at halftime just coming out kind of ready, and we knew that they would kind of probably want to make a push as well. It's, what you were saying but vice versa of that like they know we're on a back-to-back they know we got in late um all those things so even more of a reason to them to to, to push the ball and get stops and and try and um I guess fatigue us a little bit more but um yeah I think we did a, a really good job of executing and um just kind of doing what we wanted to do to to uh to obviously get that lead I didn't didn't realize it was forty to nineteen, but we'll uh, we'll take it.
1: So when you get teed up, does that mean you got to be quiet the rest of the game?
0: <laughs> Everyone kept saying, "Like leave him alone, leave him alone." You've already like now you've already got one. I was like, "I'm not leaving him alone because they obviously missed that and it really annoyed me at that time." Um, <laughs> the 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 best part is that I said to the one. Uh, I'm not sure his name. The one that I thought he missed when I laid it up, um, and he—I and think it was Ennis in at the time. Ennis fouled me, um, and I was like, "I can't wait till you watch it at halftime, and you have to come back and tell me like that you were wrong." And uh, he was like, kind of smiling, like. To me, it looked like he was like, well, I wasn't wrong, so it doesn't matter. And then he came out at halftime and was like, yeah, my bad, I completely missed that. He hit you on the whole arm. And I was like, that's why I had the reaction I had. Like, I'm not just going to react for no reason. I knew I got fouled. And that's why, like, I don't know, I, shouldn't have, I still shouldn't have let it affect me like it did because it cost me 2500 bucks or whatever it costs for a technical foul these days, but... I was frustrated. Uh, I'd missed all my shots before that. I was like, I'm about to get a nice easy layup on Ennis. And then he fouled me and cost me 2500 Good time. Yeah, I was pissed at home, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm i not getting into this. I'm not taking another fight. I'll take my 2500 and move on. Okay. I got my money's worth, though. <laughs> <tell you> <laughs> Good for you. I definitely got my money's worth.
2: So, so, given the fact that you played with and practice against Ennis Canter, when he comes into a game, is it natural that all the jazz players of that era know we have got to go at the hoop because we're either going to get a bucket or a foul here? Are
0: you trying to say that he's not a good defender?
2: He's not a good defender. I don't need to say it. Most people already know that he's an. He can score and rebound. If he were a good defender, he'd be an all-star. You know, I mean, he's stay, he's good, or he wouldn't be in the league. But you know where you know, the fatal flaw lies.
0: No, yeah, I mean, I think um, with both their bigs, not saying that either of them are bad or good or whatever, but they both are back in the paint, very far back in the paint. So we we obviously went, when they were in, I think they went small for two stretches, one in the first half and one in the second half, um, which is, I think we went, when we went on our run, when they went small in the in the third quarter, which obviously they got out of that, but obviously knowing that, that Nurkic and, and Ennis are both so far back. We wanted to, to obviously use our fives with, with Rudy and Fave and and play pick and rolls and use them to get the guards downhill and like you said then kind of a layup or a three really if they overhelp or, or whatever. So um, I mean it's you can say that about those guys, but yeah, I mean it's it's with every team. It's what teams do to us. They put whoever Rudy's guarding on the on the strong side corner so he can't protect the rim. Um so everyone's obviously going in and game planning and, and figuring out what's the best way to win. And obviously, there's there's things with every team that, that is a is a weakness that that um, people try and attack. Attack. Give us an update on
1: the month of April with the autism auction that you got going on.
0: Um, amazing. Well, a lot better than I thought. Um, I had a number in my mind that was probably just a rough idea because, again, you, I mean, you never exactly know how these things are going to go. And I was very obviously well aware of the pandemic and what we've been going through. So I understand financially as well that, that people that maybe would have bid um, couldn't at this time. Um, so it's always a tough, <laughs> from our point of view, we want to do the right thing by trying to raise money to help these families and kids that need it. but. Um, also, obviously, like I said, very well aware of the, the pandemic and, and people that are, are struggling still um, with, with losing jobs or whatever it is. So um, it's going. The number I had in my head we've doubled and nearly tripled. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to jinx it too too much yet, but we've had two massive massive donations from people in. Um, around, or well, in Utah, actually, both in Utah, um, that isn't a part of the, the auction items. They just donated money it, itself, um, which was unbelievable, which one of them will be announced tomorrow, today or tomorrow. Um, the auction item I'm about to, when you guys leave me alone, I'm going to post the auction item for today, which is maybe the best one we're going to have. It's top three for sure, but you are, it's not really an Australian um, item that people would want, but it is definitely an American fan favorite superstar. It's a, it is pretty cool. When I, when I heard we could get one of these, um, even I got kind of excited. So jump on the website, charity um, dot com. And you can, I think search Ingalls or Ingalls Auctions. Um, but I'm about to post it any minute now and I get off with you guys and, um, pretty cool one today so it's yeah it's going like i said way better than i kind of ever anticipated and um very thankful for the the people that have bidded on the stuff um i got a couple guys on on twitter that were talking a little junk to to bid because they were talking a bit of smack about gordon's haywood and said he would buy it just to, to donate it back or something like that and i was like well you make sure you did <laughs> then and he and he went on to bid so anyone and everyone that's uh that's bidded. Thank you. Um, everyone who's won will, will coming up. The, uh, every item's on there for 12 days. So the first ones are kind of coming to the end now. Um, but yeah, unbelievable. Um, we've still got a long way to go. Well, Joe, as oh, always... You, you guys need a bid on today. You guys should bid on today's option, item. You guys would like it.
2: All right. I'll take a look at it during oh, the break.
0: checking it out.
2: Yeah, we'll check it out during uh, the break if you get it posted my right Twitter away. in 10 minutes. Okay. We'll do it.
0: Awesome. All right, guys.
2: All right. Well, we appreciate your work with autism. We appreciate you uh, telling Quinn that you have to win the night before you come on the air with us. Uh, We just appreciate you all the way around. Oh, this is nice, guys. <laughs> Okay. Joe Ingles right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, a Masters update with Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio. And PK and I will keep an eye on the thing on the website, Charity Buzz, and uh, see what Joe posts and let you know if he uh, gets, uh, gets posted here in the next few minutes. Masters update next. Stay with us.